0: So in the last several weeks, we have been thinking about the story of Jesus' birth, and this week we take a look at a scene a while after the birth of Jesus. Wise men, these peculiar people from a far away land, they come to pay homage to the boy Jesus. Um, and it's not too, it's not actually really quite clear um, what they're really seeking, I mean, other than seeing the star in the east as as we read, um, which they took to be the star of the king of the Jews, right? But they will find so much more than what they were looking for in following the star in the sky in the midst of a young child in a manger. You know, and as I thought of this scene and these peculiar men um, this week, I realized how strange and, and a little bit outlandish it could have seemed because I wondered, you know, um, you know, was Mary expecting them? I mean, what, we, what would you have done if you had just delivered a baby and these people uh, came to see you? Um, I wonder if these men made it a practice maybe this was a thing that they did to follow stars that they saw in the sky maybe they maybe they toured all the time um, did they always take gifts maybe it was a custom uh, were they were they even Jewish uh, were how many men were actually on this trip we usually say three because there were three gifts but some people say they were at least up to 12 so anyways it reminded me of um, This scene in the Monty Python, uh, check it out. (laughs) If you've seen Monty Python.
1: are three wise men. What? We are three wise men. Well, what are you doing creeping around the couch at two o'clock in the morning? That doesn't sound very wise to me. We are astrologers. We have come from the east. Is this some kind of joke? We wish to praise the infant. We must pay homage to him. Homage? You old drunk! It's disgusting! Al! Oh, come on, Al! you me here with tales about oriental fortune tellers. Come on, Al! No, no, we must see him. Go! Ahead. Someone else is Go on. We were led by a star. Led by a bottle of all light. Go on, Well, We must see him. We have brought presents. Out! Oh. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. Well, why didn't you say he's over there? Sorry the place is a bit of a mess. Well, what is myrrh anyway? It is a valuable bomb. A bomb? What are you giving him a bomb for? He might bite him. What? That's a dangerous animal. Quick, fly right in the top. No, it isn't. Yes, said, it is. It's great. No, 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 it is an ointment. Oh, well, there's an animal called a bomb. Or oh, did I dream it. So you're astrologers, are you? Well, what is he then? Hmm? What star sign is he? Uh, Capricorn. Ah, uh, Capricorn, eh? What are they like? He's oh, the son of God, our Messiah, king of the Jews. That's Capricorn, is it? Uh, no, 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 that's just him. Oh, I was going to say, otherwise there'd be a lot of them. By what name are you calling him? We worship you, O Brian, are Lord over us all. Praise unto you, Brian, and to the Lord our Father. Amen. Did you do a lot of this then? What? It's praising. No, 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 no. Uh, well, um, if you've got in by again, do pop in, and thanks a lot for the gold and frankincense, uh, but don't worry too much about the mare next time, alright? Thank you! Goodbye! Oh, well, we're made nice! Hm. Oh, the bloody morn, but still. Look at that! I'm sorry! i forgive me.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, Jesus is a Capricorn. Did you catch that? Anyways, I couldn't help but wonder if it was more like this scene, right? And less rehearsed as scripture tells it, or maybe it's just my own imagination that imagines that everything is um, perfect, you know? maybe, Maybe it was really like this. It was really messy. It was unrehearsed, and it was complicated like in real life. Maybe, in fact, they got the wrong baby at first. I don't know. After all, Jesus wasn't the only boy born that year or that day. Maybe, in fact, this was the first time that they had ever done this. So there's no actual protocol for how to identify this king baby. Following Jesus is never a perfect experience, though, is it? Sometimes, sometimes we get it wrong. But the journey promises to always teach us something that we could never have planned. So here are these peculiar men, as scripture describes, wise men from the east, They came to Jerusalem. And then there isn't much more that's said about them. From other parts of scripture, like we saw, these wise men are also identified as magi. And they were thought to be astrologers or even sorcerers. So it's interesting to me because a lot hangs on who these men were and what they brought to the scene. Even though there's a very limited amount known about them. In fact, there is an entire part of Christmas that pulls significance from this practices from this scene, right? Did you know that people started to um, give and buy gifts to commemorate what the wise men did uh, bringing gifts to Jesus? Except for somewhere along the way we started to give gifts to each other and not to Jesus. I don't know how it happened. The funny thing is is though that we buy these gifts and one, gifts that we don't like to give, tell the truth, and two, we buy gifts that people don't like to receive (laughs) so this is one of the best statistics that I read this last week it's an article from uh, finder.com titled Christmas gift confessions 2018 that said here we go uh, that Americans this this year alone dropped over 13 billion dollars on unwanted presents what what in the world this is $13 billion of fake homage. Anybody? No? It's okay? Just me? But I'm sure that these stats aren't, aren't that shocking, right? Or, or maybe they are a little bit, but not really. Because I think most of us have been in that situation where we have purchased a thing that we know that somebody doesn't really want. And then we do it anyway. Check this out. Check this graphic out of... Um, the stuff unwanted gifts breakdown. So clothing and accessories is by far the top thing that we buy for people that they don't actually want, right? 34%. The other is household items, cosmetics and fragrances next, drinks, food or technology afterwards, music, and then literature. And this is where we are. This is, this is who we are. And when we don't want those gifts, I think there's another graphic there. Um, those don't always, they don't always go back to Santa. So some of you keep them. Some of you give them to someone. 22% of you will give them to someone. Uh, Another 22% will exchange them. 10% of you will sell them. 8% of you will give them back. And 6% of you are just unashamed and you're just going to throw them away. Lord have mercy. And this is where we are. And I I saw this firsthand this week. um, The number one, we're where people get things that they don't want to receive and exactly that it's clothing. Uh take a look at my sister-in-law who got this awesome sweater for Christmas. This is Raquel. <laughs> and she got this sweater for Christmas from her stepmom, and all I know is that it was a very good thing that her stepmom was not there to see Raquel open it. This was like Elmo coming out of a bag and she couldn't understand why in the world this was for her, but it was. And overwhelmed with joy is definitely not what my sister in law was feeling, but we really got a really good laugh out of it. but this Elmo Christmas sweater it will probably only make an appearance once i don 't even think she 'll have the heart to throw it away or to give it away because it 's from her it 's from her stepmom right but this is this is where we are how you know um, and even as these stats linger that we just checked out. As a reminder of our reality, we continue with this kind of behavior of giving gifts, and a lot of our holiday is affected or it's, it's colored by this kind of behavior. And even if you don't buy gifts, because I know that some of us don't, we still live in a world that caters to this kind of celebration. So I wonder if for the next few minutes, We can lend an ear to what other possibilities the wise men may have to offer um, in their journey. After all, there is something invaluable that the wise men come to know. The gift giving happens only after they see the baby, after the encounter with Jesus, only after they see Mary, only after they have knelt down and paid him homage. The gifts come after the relationship. The gifts are not the main feature of the encounter and gifts though they are nice they are not at the heart of christmas friends so what does it mean what does it seem to to have this greater happening in the story and maybe what happens is that these wise men have a change of heart and upon their introduction to the story which we read in matthew 2 they come to jerusalem and again the actual scripture doesn't give us more but uh, to lean on but but we know that when they come to Jerusalem they come into contact with King Herod and they ask him for insight on the star to Bethlehem maybe they're asking a king who might know things about a king and it turns out though that that he doesn't know that he doesn't know anything about it in fact that's it's like this is the first time that he's hearing about it from them. And he realizes that there is another king who this group of men is, are going to pay homage to. And this becomes really significant for King Herod, doesn't it? So significant that, that Herod, in his nervousness and his angst, he calls upon his religious leaders um, and thinkers to ask them if they have heard about this thing that these foreigners are talking about. And his people confirm that in fact there has been a prophecy about this occasion for a very long time. I wonder if the reason that Herod became as nervous as he did is because his he is remembering his own ancestral history with God's prophecies. Forty two generations to be exact, if we remember in Matthew one. As people who are perhaps often passing through the cities in this way, I also imagine that the wise men were likely wanting to make an alliance with the king as well, right? Because, as we read in verse 7, Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then, it says, he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child when you have found him. Bring me word, he says so that I may also go and pay him homage. And when they had learned this, then they set out for their journey. So I wondered if they had had a different timeline. I'd wonder if they, had, they would have left later or if they would have left at all. Or Even so, it's evident that Herod had some sort of influence on their departure and their plans. And yet, when they arrive, their loyalty and alliance with Herod, it changes. Their encounter with Jesus is so compelling, so overwhelming, that they can no longer continue with the other allegiance and the life that they were planning prior to this encounter with Jesus. Verse 12, and having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. I would suggest that this is the moment that is greatly transformational as we listen to the story this morning. Because what we are witnessing is that even as a child who might not have had words to speak to these people, no matter who they were and where they came from, an encounter with Jesus became an opportunity for something more with fresh direction. The wise men, they had to make a choice. They had to draw a line. They had to make a boundary. Their choice could have been driven by what they had known before right maybe politics maybe relational capital maybe popularity maybe ego but instead they were refocused by the spirit that revealed to them that they had more options than reporting back to Herod by walking away they claimed peace by walking away they said no in participating in the ways of Herod that would bring death and disharmony to people and not letting Herod orchestrate their future by walking away they realigned their priorities with god's so i wonder then what are some of the ways that you and i that we are being asked to realign our priorities with god's in the name of peace in the name of jesus what are some of the ways that jesus is calling us to have an encounter with him so that we might receive a new direction and boundaries In our lives and and can I just say that this is a tough thing to talk about in church because it feels like we're about to get slapped on the hand and yet this is coming from Scripture and we need to talk about it and not only do we need to talk about it in like a metaphorical way we also need to live it out in real tangible ways because peace in this story isn't just an idea it becomes a way of life for these men the author of a book called um, Boundaries says, the concept of boundaries comes from the very nature of God. God defines God's selves in a distinct, separate being. God is responsible for God's self. God defines and takes responsibility for God's personality by telling us what God thinks, feels, plans, allows, will not allow, likes, and dislikes. For some of us, it's gonna be relational, right? Just like last Sabbath, a couple of friends of us, we stood here in the middle talking about how crazy family dynamics, these crazy family dynamics that we all have to, in some way or another, encounter during the holidays. And, And we talked about how we dreaded them, you know? And it was crazy to me. And then the other thing that we talked about was about making boundaries for ourselves from intaking the toxicity that comes with some of these relationships that we have to sit amongst the holidays some of us will have to confront the ugliness of our relationships and say enough is enough some of us will have to do the hard work of letting go of relationships that do not bring us peace some of us will have to do the hard work of rebuilding relationships that we had a part in making unpeaceful or taking away the peace Some of us might need to set some boundaries on the liberties that we have taken on saying really terrible things about people we say we care about. Some of us will have to create boundaries in our financial means. Year after year, folks are spending on all sorts of gift giving and holiday celebrating in the name of Jesus. Money and gifts and foods, however, friends and trips are not going to heal brokenness in our relationships or the sadness in our hearts or the anger in our souls. So we might have to set boundaries to spend thoughtfully and not reactively, right? Some of us might have to set boundaries within ourselves and the deep-seated angst that Pastor Chris talked about last week. We will have to confront the ways that we cope that, are, that is actually stealing our peace. Some of us, we will have to quit with the overeating over the holidays and justifying it because it's Christmas, it's still unhealthy right? We have to quit with the over dieting and all the things that we do in extreme to shortcut the process. We're gonna have to quit with all of the consumption of alcohol and all the other substances that we use to numb the chaos in our lives. There are so many things, so many of us that are going to need to quit the destroying of our physical bodies and we're gonna have to create boundaries for what that looks like to bring peace back to our physical bodies. Some of us might need to set some boundaries in our intake of social media and try new ways of relating to the world and to each other. Some of us have to stop subscribing to news on television or news on the radio altogether because it only gives us one perspective and a one-sided story. We're gonna to have to create boundaries of letting our peace be hijacked by anxious public storytellers both in the world and in the church. And on and on the list could go because there are so many ways our lives call for boundaries. Physical boundaries, intellectual boundaries, emotional, sexual, material, time boundaries, they all deserve a thoughtful energy and attention. Because setting boundaries, friends, is a holy process. Boundaries. They help us deal with what is seen and what is unseen, and they help define our everyday lives. They also help define our spirits and our hearts. Proverbs four twenty three says it in this way, keep your hearts with all vigilance, for from it flows springs of life. That's from the NRSV, from the C E B more than anything you guard, protect your mind, for life flows from it. To set personal boundaries means to preserve our integrity and to take responsibility for who we are and to take control of the lives that God has granted us. Boundaries help us to say, this is who I am. And in return, we also allow for God to remain God. So we do this individually and we also do this collectively so that we can all thrive. These boundaries, they help us practice everyday awareness of the self and awareness of those around us. And in our everyday practice, we, we can start to be even more aware of how Jesus meant to bring us this overwhelming place of peace and joy. Joy because we have come into this new way of paying homage to honor and to worship Jesus with our everyday lives. So we set these boundaries as individuals, and the community helps us in accountability so that these boundaries can be sustainable. And we are all healthier in the process for it. I am personally grateful uh, for this community for allowing me some space, uh, specifically this September that I went on sabbatical, and for sharing the load of what it means when one of us needs to take time away when one of us needs to set some boundaries to find some wellness, right? Boundaries in a good way to make space for what God is stirring in us individually and for the greater good of the community. Let me show you some of the ways that I found some peace. (laughs) There is a picture of India. This was my first stop, so I'll share this with you. But thank you for making space because I was able to go away I think Chris gave you an assignment to not call me or email me and you did it you didn't call me or you emailed. maybe one of you did I prayed for you no worries just kidding are we not are they not there just kidding okay you'll you'll have to with permission stalk my social media Um, even though I just told you not to there we go this is Bev and Taj Mahal She's in India. And then I... This is in uh, Indonesia. This is in Malaysia, over 200 steps. (laughs) This is eating creatures in Thailand. It's okay, guys. John did it too in the Bible. It's biblical. It's fine. It's not a big deal. (laughs) I think that's it, right? So we set boundaries so that we can thrive in different ways as an individual and as a community. And some of us haven't had practice in what this looks like, right? So we start with our own inner peace ourselves, and this is a very practical way to practice peace for a greater community. The story comes to us as an often metaphorical story, but there's real practical goodness that we can draw from the wise men and their visit with Jesus. This morning, it's about boundaries. And like I said before, we don't talk about these kinds of things in church, and they really are just as holy as any other thing that we talk about and we make time for, In this holy space so may we trust that just as God was in the process with the wise men that that God too will grant us the wisdom to become the people that God longs for us to be and as we practice practice these ways of living healthier and whole lives may this open up ways for us to have whole transforming and overwhelming encounters with Jesus can we commit to that? Do you think we can commit to that? Not, not it just happens that we're on a New Year's Eve, Eve. This isn't uh, a gesture for you to have a New Year's resolution, but, but really can we commit to this kind of living in a more real way? Not just to talk about and theorize about boundaries, but to make them real in our lives. And if you need a starting point because you're not quite sure what to start with in these boundaries, I have a sheet for you here. And you can take it home and you can start there and read about it and take it one day at a time. But my hope for you as you move through this holiday season and you not forget the coming of the Christ is that this story also may remind you, may allow for you to be interrupted. May we, may we lead into new and unimaginable directions because we have come into an experience and a moment with Jesus. May we become, in all of these practices, agents of peace in a world that often preaches and demands